jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Gay Ah, uh, is this the end of Pride? Finally. One can only hope so. Is this it? Is this our last pride extravaganza? This is us. That we're we're crawling through the 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 sandy tundra. Is that how it works? The sandy tundra. <laughs> tundra have sand? We're, I don't think so. We're crawling through the desert towards a mirage. The... Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a mirage made up entirely of snow globes that we are just <laughs> approaching. <laughs> What was that movie, that that movie, that like buddy movie from the early 90s that was like the worst movie ever made where they're in the desert? Love, Simon? Yeah, Love, Simon. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> Greg Berlanti or whoever. Oh, uh, Ishtar? Had... Ishtar! I was going to say like Zwahem, but yeah, Ishtar. <laughs> yeah, Ishtar. I've never seen it. Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman, right? This is our Ishtar, is us trying to evade... The death throttle. Death rattle? The death throttle. <laughs> you talk good today. Look what it's done to me, Stacey. I hate I Pride. I officially I hate Pride. Happy 50 years of Stonewall. Pride is canceled. <laughs> yeah. This has been a long Pride. Maybe because this is the first year I've had a podcast where I feel like I have to talk about it. Yeah. For a yeah. whole month. For a whole month. Because people uh, write in and they say, what are your thoughts on rainbow tutus and onesies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel the need to give my uh, opinions. So, but it's well, almost over. It's almost over. We're almost there. Just... We're, we're nearing the rainbow finish line. Yeah. Over the, we're going to head over the rainbow bridge pretty soon. <laughs> and finally, yeah, right over that rainbow bridge <laughs> where we'll join all of our pets and yeah. then, and then we will return to a wonderful la- land of brown and beige and brown and beige and brown. <laughs> right back to the khaki. Rainbow no longer. Rainbow no more. I'm That's so right. excited. I'm yeah. so happy for this to be over. <laughs> <laughs> and then, ah. alas, oh. what shall dawn but LGBT Revenge Month? Yes, that I can't wait for. The true festivities. The true fest. That's the month we really should be celebrating. So. Which actually, you know, we might have some really awesome movies lined up for LGBT Revenge Month in celebration of our favorite holiday. Yeah, that's just a sneak peek. That's a, what we in the industry call a tease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's been an interesting Pride Month around these parts. Um, yeah. Me- meaning our show. Well, I just, you know. Oh, around the manor. Yeah. Like, especially today. I guess today's episode where we're like, fuck it. Let's just answer some questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pride Month. Let's talk about video games. <laughs> we're done talking about what we talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because we talk about stuff like that every other month. Oh, well. Yeah. 
Once we had our revelation that this show can be anything we want it to be. <laughs> Once we understood that we had a voice on Once our podcast. We, yeah, that we have agency here, <laughs> as you like to say. Thank you. Um, but no, but our listener questions, we, uh, you know, we get questions. And if you do have a question, let's just get it out of the way. You can send it to us on electronic mail. Gaylords at gaylordsofdarkness.com. Everyone's or- doing emails. Social medias, uh, you know, facebook.com slash Gaylords of Darkness, twitter.com, we're at Gaylords of D. Uh, Instagram, I am Final Girl, final, like final, and then G R R L, and you're the Carla Rossi. Yeah. So you can message us on Instagram, whatever, you know. Wouldn't it be socials media? Like how they say it's not attorney generals, it's attorneys general. Would it be socials media? That doesn't make any sense either. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) This is my grammatical riddle of the Sphinx. I'm sorry. (laughs) Four? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, if you have a question, feel free to send it to us. But we get a lot of questions. It's like we try to tie the question into whatever movie we're talking about. Or thematically, video or video game, or whatever. But then there are some questions that just kind of deserve their own spotlight, meaning they don't really tie into anything. So we were like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just do a question episode, and we can talk about movies and stuff. Yeah, we're gonna get to those questions that leave us saying, oh, well, I'm "Put this over here." Yeah. <laughs> the, special, the special questions. No, but truly, yeah. there's some really fun, uh, exciting ones that are really silly and right. But and just are great ones too. Yeah, just stuff to talk about. I guess one question that we asked last week after our episode was over two hours long, which was just mega size. Oh, my God. We asked on our Facebook and our Twitters, do you like long listeners? (laughs) And survey says. Survey says like long. Like long. Who knew? How exciting. So, I mean, it still goes against everything I believe in to have a really long episode, but whatever. I'm not going to worry about it, I guess. How's that? That's a vast improvement from let's do a 20-minute podcast. (laughs) Yeah, 20 minutes. Can you imagine? To now we are advocates for Like Long. Yeah. Like Long Love. You can still voice your opinion on the Like Long issue if you'd like. Send us a comment or something. That's your business. Yeah, maybe say we do a three-hour episode and that's just too long because your commute's been over for 45 minutes. I'm not doing a fucking three-hour episode. No, no. That's when we just set ourselves on fire. That's when we cancel yeah. ourselves. Yeah, that's yeah. when Velvet Plater turns off our computers. <laughs> Somehow she hacks in and is like, fuck this. I just you imagined guys... her tripping over the cord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, another question. Here's This is all about questions. But another question I asked on our Facebook, because a friend of mine who doesn't like horror movies has been listening to our show and has started watching some horror movies because she heard about them on this show. And which so is I, wild to me. Which is amazing. And so I asked people, it, you know, are there any movies you sought out specifically because you heard us talk about them? And there were a lot. So that's cool, I guess. <laughs> Spreading the gospel. Like I was, I was super pleased to see so many people sought out Thelma because of this show. That was real. That felt really nice. That was that a 
pat ourselves on the back moment. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, truly, that movie is wonderful. And it's mm-hmm. it's a beacon of what queer horror should be. And um and, and it's a crime how few people have heard of it. Yeah. Including myself. I mean, I'm up there with everybody else on this list. I hadn't seen many of these movies until <laughs> yeah. and until yeah. you said, listen up, we're talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When yeah, I say said, it like that. Yeah. yeah. You shut the door, you adjusted your vest, you said, listen up. There's a new sheriff in town, and her name is Daughters of Darkness. Haas. My vest. My yeah. vest. And then I just unzip and rezip my fanny pack real fast, like to yeah. in a threatening fashion, and you don't and, know what to think. And that's how I knew. That's how I knew yeah. it was it was getting real. Yeah, I brush my mullet off my shoulders. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I'm the head lesbian in charge here. <gasps> the, the HLOC. HLIC. We're not going to Home Depot until you watch these movies. <laughs> so you lock up your membership card in the lockbox. <laughs> I lock up my membership card. <laughs> Uh, I have to put away my Koosh launcher until... <laughs> Your Rosie O'Donnell commemorative Koosh launcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's oh. what happens here at Stately Gaylord's Manor. Oh, my God. It is a terrifying time. It's a yeah. terrifying gay time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've both watched movies just for this show, and I think that's really great, because sometimes you feel like you've seen it all. Yeah, and it turns out you haven't. Turns out you haven't. There's a lot of movies I haven't seen. So if this show's good for anything, it's that I get to watch some new movies, new to me movies. And sometimes we like them. And sometimes <laughs> we even like them. So, so there you go. Yeah, that was really cool. Thanks for thanks for engaging with us, uh, community. That's it's it's nice to feel seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like community engagement. Oh, the most, for the most part. Speaking of both Pride Month and feeling seen, Stacey, um, something super cool happened. So Rue Morgue magazine, our, our noble horror magazine friends in Canada, in the faraway <laughs> land of Canada, um, put out their Pride issue this month to celebrate, you know, the month that will not end, Pride. And they did a list of uh, an ear for queer fear, uh, all about queer horror podcasts. And who did they list? Gaylord's a D. That's amazing. It was so cool. That's really cool. I think it's really like first of all, I would just like to point out that Fangoria did the Pride T-shirt, and then Rue Morgue was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be the first horror magazine to do a whole queer issue." So. so cool. Yeah. So I mean, you know, props to both magazines for the support this month. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really cool. Like, that's one Pride thing I can actually get behind because. Queerness is still so niche in this community mm-hmm. that you really need to make a stand and carve out a place. And and it's awesome to see them uh, like, insti- I mean, they're basically horror institutions to no, see them sure. doing this is, is a huge beacon of support for the fact that we do exist in this community. Um, yes. Not Gaylord specific, but just queers in general is so. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I think it's really awesome. My issue's on the way. I got one. You can order it from the Rue Morgue shop. The Shopay. The Shopay online. So. <laughs> I still need to get mine. I'm really, I'm really excited. I'll, I'll bronze it and I'll put it up next to my picture of Elvira. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it up next to my picture of Elvira. Oh my god, twinsy! <laughs> I didn't even know what to say to Elvira. Like when I met Elvira, I mean, what do you say to Elvira? You know, I. That's why I met her in drag, which made it a little easier. That, yeah, that would. You need that sort of protective shell. Yeah, a buffer. A buffer. Yeah, isn't she I mean, the fucking best? The best, like the best, and the literally like the most flawlessly gorgeous person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, just timeless, right? Like for real. Oh, Cassandra Peterson is it. Oh, I love Elvira. I love her so <laughs> much. How have but we the... never talked about Elvira on here? We haven't a lot, really. We must have mentioned. I feel something. like this is the first time we've even mentioned her. Ugh. I know God. we have that one listener that catalogs everything we say, so tell us <laughs> tell us if we have mentioned Elvira before, but I feel like this is the first time. Yeah. Man, movie macabre. That is the shit. Oh, I mean, only my entire inspiration for becoming a horror hostess. Yeah. <laughs> like Elvira. She is a true, a true icon. And a it's... true queer horror icon. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's my hard for me to queen. say anything. It's hard for me to say anything besides like I love Elvira, She's which is true. why it was horrible to meet her. Cause I was like, I love Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, okay, can I have $50 for signing my name on this piece of paper? Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I love Elvira. And then I walked away and it was great. It's so amazing. Yeah. So, but enough about our questions. I guess it's time for listener questions. Right? Oh my God. It's a Gaylord's listener roundup. Roundup. <laughs> roundup. 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 That it. soundboard you got is so nice. <laughs> well, only the best for us. Thank for you. Sure. Look at us putting technology to the limit. Yeah. Pushing it. Pushing it yeah. on the cutting edge here. Yeah. All right, well, let's. I guess we should kick it off, right? No. This feels weird because normally we should have been talking about a movie for an hour and a half and then we get to the questions, but. I know, I feel like I'm cheating. Like, it's, it, yeah, it's throwing off my rhythm. I'm like, did I black out for an hour and a half and now we're at question time? Well, our first question comes from Mao, who is from Argentina. We also asked our listeners, like, where are you from? Because we're interested in. Uh, well, in knowing where you're from, that didn't yeah. require an explanation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dumbass. So, Mao is from Argentina, which is so amazing. cool. So cool. I still can't believe we have listeners from outside our own friend groups. So. I know. I'm well. I'm surprised I even have any in my friend groups. Like, yeah, also I'm shocking. I'm surprised I have any listeners outside of Stately Gaylord's Manor. Quite frankly, but. Yeah, just but, uh, us and the, the grandfather clock and the, <laughs> yeah, that, that painting, the painting, the the eyes that follow you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, whatever. I love each and every listener. So there you go. Oh but, wow, wow! Every single one. Well, yeah, yeah. Me well, too. Ex- except for you know, you know who. Oh well, I'm right here, Stacy. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my bad. 
All right, Mal asks, and this is perhaps the best question, so maybe we should just have this one question and then just cancel the show, because where do you go from here? Honestly, I don't think there's anywhere else to go. No, no. (laughs) There's nothing left. (laughs) Yeah. Mal asks, which TV show or movie would you remake with Tori Spelling? A queen amongst queens. (laughs) Like... <laughs> I mean, once we answer this, like that's it. We've fulfilled our purpose. I think we could cancel the show. Yeah, we'll also have fulfilled the prophecy. There's yeah. no, <laughs> there's yeah. nothing left. Yeah, yeah. Tori Spelling, and I know some people have heard it a million times, but I don't care because anytime she comes up, I gotta say it because maybe there's somebody out there who doesn't know that it, I went to Tori Spelling's yard sale. Oh, it sparks such joy for me. Excuse me, not her yard sale, her dazzling estate sale, which is what it said on the business card. Because Home Slice is like a big old hoarder, right? Uh, yeah. Not, not like the the real negative. Like, I didn't think, there were no, you know, dead cat husks. Oh, there around. were? No, There's no, no, <laughs> no, no poop. raccoons. No poop, no old McDonald's cups, nothing like that. She just had a lot of stuff. But she's like a collector, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I raided her movies and she was uh, getting rid of a bunch of VHS and bitch had a lot of horror movies on VHS. Such as? Such as uh, Suspiria, the original, obviously. Such as Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which I I bought. Uh, Like Curtains, which I bought. God, this is like some deep dive. Like, Colobos wasn't that one of them. <laughs> yeah, like-, like, Curtains is a deep dive. Like, now it's on Blu-ray, but for the longest time, Curtains was just unavailable, except for this VHS, which was super rare, and fucking Tori Spelling had it, and I bought it from Tori Spelling. <laughs> which is so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I mean, that's just, she has great taste. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I asked the woman who was, like, in charge of, organ- like, you know, running the show i was like what's the deal with this and she's like she really likes horror movies uh there you go so i will not hear a bad word against tori spelling no never i love tori spelling yeah also her hit tv series so notorious was incredible it was really funny and it was like really ahead of its time it was she had the gaze and everything and like And it was like mocking reality TV a little. It was like circa 2000s. Like she was yeah. very ahead of its time. That's the thing. It's always it's always the woman, the women that we give shit for the, like immediately that are the, the true trendsetters and are really doing like Anna Nicole, Tori Spelling, Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Queens, I tell you. Queens. No argument from me. They only invented reality TV. Yes. And elevated it. Even though they invented it, they also elevated it. Because they knew it was a form for parody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. I agree. Well, what do you think? What would you remake with Tori Spelling? Everything that has ever been. (laughs) Every last everything. I want to see the Ten Commandments with Tori Spelling. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I actually do. No, mine, I I went a little uh, gotcha horror fan here. I want to see... I'm not scream, but I want to see stab. Ooh, which we all know starred Tori Spelling and Luke Wilson and Heather Graham in the Robert Rodriguez directed universe um, that was seen in Scream Two. 
But I want to see Stab where where Tori Spelling is Sid Prescott. And I want to see her shoot Stu in the face. <laughs> like, oh my god, yes. Like, don't make Scream 5. Just make Stab. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing, right? And then you could make Stab 2 or like Scream 5. Like, you could make Scream and Stab conversely where then the next movie is like New Nightmare or something. But it's Tori Spelling versus Ghostface coming on the set to kill her. <sighs> Why wasn't she in Scream 3? This is the greatest idea I've ever heard. Thank you. $50. Yeah. (laughs) My fee is very low. Yeah. (laughs) That's a perfect answer. Yeah, I felt kind of cool. To a perfect question, yeah. I felt kind of cool. No, that's really... uh, I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. But also, like, it would be so fun, and what a fresh way to, like, make, directly remake a movie, but just do the alternate universe movie that already was made. Like, right. It would, it would be so cool. That would be really cool. And Tori which, which And it would be really super original, which means it would never happen in a billion years. No, it would never happen. And that would, probably be the, that would probably be the one remake that horror fans would have a problem with. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if horror fans finally take a stand. Yeah. No more Tory. No more Tory. <laughs> Donna Martin doesn't graduate. <laughs> uh, did you see the 9021 I was coming back with the original cast? Yeah, BH9020. BH9020. And I saw your queen oh is headed God. back to the to the big screen. Emily Valentine's coming back. AKA Kyle, Christine oh fucking Elise from Child's Play 2 and Colt of Chucky. One can only hope that in the uh years that have passed that Emily Valentine will have embraced her inner gayness, right? Oh, I think I think She's going to show up on that episode with her vest. <laughs> her fanny pack. Her fanny pack. Her membership her koosh, card. Her koosh launcher. Her commemorative koosh launcher. And not a euphemism. Which be, is not a euphemism, by the way. It's not, but it can also be. But it can uh, be. <laughs> she, is, she, is, she is ready to les out now. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what the future has told us. That's my make-a-wish wish. And it's, it's, it's all of the, it's about, it's like a meta show, right? Where it's all of them coming back to make a remake of Beverly Hills 90210. I have no idea. I just saw the little teaser with the theme song. And oh. then somebody posted a thing that was like, hey, Stacey, Emily Valentine's coming back. And then I fainted. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then when I came to, I was like, <laughs> I don't know what it's about, but I'm excited. <laughs> the only be. thing that could top it is if melrose place came back like the original melrose place but that's just too much to hope for so i'm not gonna hope for it who knows maybe it will start a trend god i would love that anyway i could go on i should have a melrose place podcast you should it's not something you've ever talked to me about before <laughs> i know i'm like anthony do you watch melrose place because <laughs> we could have a podcast about melrose place and you're like <laughs> I don't know Melrose Place. Sorry. <laughs> and then I fainted again. And then yeah. I, when I woke up, I was covered in tears. Oh. And, and a red hoodie. And a red hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. 
Tori Spelling. Well, my answer just seems so lame by comparison to your brilliance. Oh. Well, I just thought it would be fun for there to be a Carrie remake starring Tori Spelling as Carrie. Oh, that would be fucking incredible. <laughs> and you could make it meta because, like, everybody hates Tori Spelling except for all the people who have good taste. <laughs> Wait, is, would her mom just be Aaron Spelling? <laughs> is he Mrs. White? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It could be. What's her mom's name? Candy spelling, right? Yeah. And oh, so instead yeah. of instead of Mrs. White, it would just be Candy spelling. It's candy spelling. Oh my god. Who's like, no, you're kicked out. You don't get any more money. And then Tori's <laughs> powers awaken, and <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cancel stab. We, <laughs> we now have an argument for the fifth Carrie adaptation. <laughs> and it's a meta movie about Tori Spelling. About Tori Spelling and her life. Yeah. Let's pitch it, you know? Yeah. You know, she, honestly, she would do it. Like She would. It's she the Rage Carrie too. She was shooting CDs and this one, Carrie, uh, Tori could be throwing VHS tapes at people. <laughs> I love it. Yay. I, I, I Listen, Tori, call us. Jason Blum, reach out. We <laughs> yeah. $50. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like I said, this is the best question of all time. So we're done, well, I guess, with we this peaked. show. We peaked. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Forever. Ah. God, I love Tori spelling. Yeah. Well, you have good taste. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh my god! This is off topic. <laughs> I've already derailed us. But our show is over officially. Um, so I feel like it's fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Did you see that with all this Child's Play remake hubbub going around, did you see that somebody dug out from some archive somewhere that originally Jessica Walter was cast as the voice of Chucky? What? Yes, and she recorded the entire thing. And then they decided to go with a different direction after she had recorded it all. And then they got Brad Dourif. So somewhere out there, there is the tapes. And that means someone could assemble conceivably a cut of Child's Play voiced entirely by Jessica motherfucking Walter. Oh, I think I might faint yet again. I thought of this because the remake of 90210 or the reboot had Jessica Walter on it. Is this a joke? I just can't. This, is, like... this was on the AV Club. I will send you the article. We can post it on the Gaylord's Facebook. It's... That is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot of things. I mean, we all know the only Chucky empirically, canonically ever is Brad Dourif. But now it's Brad Dourif and also Jessica Walter. <laughs> It's crazy. I would. Oh God! Someone please make that cut with her voice. I will fifty dollars. I will. I will pay. The game boards will pay a bounty for it. <laughs> we will pay a bounty. Jessica Walter cut, <laughs> dead or alive, fifty dollars. <laughs> it's worth it. Wow! So That's amazing. I just had to drop that truth bomb on you because. Tori got me thinking about Jessica. I'm stunned. I'm completely stunned. Yeah, imagine that world. I'm gonna. That's I'll the world where Hillary Clinton is president. I'll it tell really you that. is. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Wow. 
Yeah. All right. You ready for another question? I get. I mean, another. I feel like I've been run over, but sure. <laughs> I think when someone's in shock, it's best to just continue to hit them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our next question, we have a two-parter kind of here. Um, this comes from Merritt and conversely Mac. Merritt asks, my crush likes horror movies, but I'm fearful with incontinence issues. <laughs> <laughs> Help us pick a movie. And Mac similarly asked, what movie would you recommend to someone who doesn't like horror and why? And I love this because we get those, you know, we have our listeners that uh, are beginning to dabble in horror movies. Thanks. Right. That's true. Thanks to our example. (laughs) Oh, yeah. These questions are all hard. I know. This I had to do a lot of homework for this episode because I'm just like, I can't think of things. I know. I had to sit down in front of my movies like so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ow, this couch, the arm of this couch really isn't designed for sitting. I almost threw my back out. <laughs> oh, wow. You'll go to any lengths for us and I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, this one was difficult because I'm like, well, would it depend on why they don't like horror movies? I mean, uh... Merritt says that they have incontinence issues. So could they just get diped up? And watch it. <laughs> there are some logical plot holes here that we yeah. need to work through. But it's like it's like there are so many flavors of horror movies that if it's like, well, I don't like violence against women, or I don't like zombies, or something, then you can narrow it down to see what they might like. So, yes. However, not knowing that, I guess. Um, my number one answer is Creep Show. <gasps> oh. Right. Because there's a little something for everybody. There's the different stories that all have a different, you know, flavor. Use that word again. Sci-fi and horror and bugs. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's a bunch of different stuff. It's fun. It's got great effects, but it's it's gross, but in a fun way of being gross. It's not like people getting stabbed in the eyeball. It's like, here's a zombie. Here's somebody who explodes into cockroaches. It's like fun, cringy grossness. Mm-hmm. It's maybe a little scary, but not super scary by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it's got recognizable faces. It's just a good fucking time. And I think that would be one. Probably. I think that's a great one. Yeah. I mean, the bug part would be a little intense for some of these people who are going to pee themselves, but. That's true. Well. Or if you're afraid of plants. If you're afraid of becoming a plant, I guess this could (laughs) be too much for you. Listen, I'm afraid of lighthouses, so I'm sure there's someone out there that's afraid Um, of becoming a plant. Yeah, some bitch married the Eiffel Tower. Like, somebody out there is, you know, (laughs) surely afraid of turning into a plant. People are wondrous. Wait, someone married the Eiffel Tower? Yeah, isn't that right? What? Is that a dream I had? (laughs) <laughs> no i think i you know you know people marry. okay wait anytime conservatives say oh well if there's gay marriage what's next people are gonna start marrying animals and goats and shit okay no that that argument is now invalid if some crazy french person out there married the eiffel tower <laughs> yeah why aren't we passing laws that say one man one statue or whatever like why <laughs> yeah come on come on people. one woman one cultural landmark <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So, creep show. I mean, Adam any... and Steve, not no. Adam and Eiffel Tower. 
Yeah, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and the Parthenon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. Continue. Anyway, uh, you know, any like old movie, like, I mean, do they like black and white movies? There's a ton of old horror movies you could show. That wouldn't be too scary, right? Yeah. Or the car. You can show him the car, which is basically... (laughs) Which is Jaws, except it's a car instead of a shark. And it also stars Kim and Kyle Richards. So It does. and That should probably be the number one answer is the car. Oh, the car is so goddamn good. We need to do an episode about the car. We really do. It's actually a brilliant movie. Yeah, I agree. Like, it gets derided for what it is, but I I genuinely love it and think it's great. Yeah. It's I heartfelt. Love, I love bonkers kind of shit like that that isn't trying to be, like, Sharknado. You know what I mean? Yeah, where it's it's got a little bit of dignity. Right. Even if it's a cuckoo scenario, they're still approaching it seriously, I guess. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's heartfelt. It's got great. It's got native representation. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got Kim and Kyle Richards. What more could I possibly ask for? Yeah, that's all you need in any movie, really. It's got Mr. Barbara Streisand being a fucking daddy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's got car representation. Yeah, car representation. <laughs> you know. Everyone knows Ford needs visibilities. Because <laughs> visibility matters. Happy Pride! <laughs> yep. Yeah. So those are my answers. Creep show for sure. Well, I feel like a dip with mine because I went like I went like to I guess like my mine people that don't like horror are already seeing. So I said get out and us. Oh, um because yeah. they're not scary. Right. Uh they're beautiful. I think they both kind of show they're smart. They both kind of show. Um, I was interested in like, because uh, I think, I guess I think a lot of people watch horror movies and just expect schlock. And right. and I like to remind people like, no, horror movies are a really great way about talking about where where we're at and where we're going. Right. And, and I think Get Out and Us do both those things masterfully. Um, while also being funny. Uh mm-hmm. You know, so I said those two, but I guess I guess I feel silly because that's like already like I mean, Get Out was nominated for Oscars, like yeah, people, but still people that don't watch like, horrors already watching them. Oh, now I feel incompetent. Well, now <laughs> I feel incompetent because you're like horror can be so much more. It can be smart, and I'm like, what about the one where the car kills people? <laughs> <laughs> A man turns into cockroaches and another man turns into a plant. Yeah, They're... but Leslie Nielsen and Adrian Barbeau. I know, Ted Danson. It's so good. Um Yeah, so I said I said I said those. I also said the Stepford Wives, just because I think everyone needs to see that movie. And and it's I mean, in the in the same vein as Get Out, because I mean Stepford Wives is the original Get Out. Um it's you know it show it shows what horror is capable of of demonstrating in terms of the real world and and the 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 horrors that we already face that we may not talk about um and it's just really smart and really charming and i feel like if you see those movies like that's why when i i showed the stepford wives for the feminist march series um for queer horror at uh, when the theater was doing all feminist programming all month 
because I was like, I want to show a movie that a lot of people that maybe won't go to queer horror or won't go to horror movies would want to see in like a literary and, you know, film context. And then kind of maybe they'll understand what horror can do. Mm-hmm. And, and it was great. a hit. Yeah, it sold out. It was great. And everyone was saying, I can't believe that movie was that good. Yeah. Well, that's really is. smart. Thank you. I'm smart. <laughs> nobody nobody turns it into a plant in it, though. No, but it would be better if <laughs> they go back to Charmaine's house and they're like, Charmaine, your tennis court. And she's fucking, she's poison ivy. And she's just vines <laughs> everywhere. That's really what Ira Levin didn't capitalize on was the plant yeah. transformations. Yeah, well, his loss. Yeah. Our loss, really. But Truly. Whatever. <laughs> oh, well. Chlorophyll representation matters. <laughs> it does. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling good about this one, Stacey? <laughs> this is uh, probably our best episode. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Next question. What's up? Well, it's Canadian Olivia is back with another question. <laughs> Canadian Olivia. Canadian Olivia. And this is a good question as well. I mean, this really should be our last episode. Honestly, after Tori, this one is. After Tori, this one. This is the next. Okay. Not that all of our questions aren't like beautiful snowflakes. But, well, you know what I mean. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Canadian Olivia asks, uh, what Which is, is your... her Christian name? Her full <laughs> Christian name. Yeah. What is your dream remake with an all Adrian Barbo cast? Oh, don't even tease me. I mean, obviously, the answer is obviously every movie that's already all, been made. All films. The entire film canon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> dare to dream. Right. Fritz Lang's O, starring Adrian <laughs> Barbo. O? Wasn't it O? It's isn't M, the... isn't it M? Listen, it's a couple letters after. <laughs> Are you thinking of the story of O? I, think, I was like, confusing the story of O. With... <laughs> shut up! Shut up! <laughs> Edit this out, I'm cancelled. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Stacey, I quit. <laughs> Fritz Lang's story of O. Fritz Starring Lang's Emmanuel goes to Metropolis. 120 days of O. Yeah. Starring Adrian Barbo. <laughs> it's a oh. reboot of Barbarella. Oh, God, that's good. Barbobarella. Barbobarella. How did it, that never happen, John Carpenter? It writes itself. Barbobarella would be the fucking tits. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, obviously the answer is every movie that's already been made, but my number one would be The Thing. Mine too! Yes! Because she's the technically she's the one woman in the film. She plays the voice of the chess computer. Yep, she's the goddamn computer. So now we can reverse it all and uh, she can play every other part and she can also play the chess computer. I mean, it is an all Adrian Barbo cast, but I was going to say have Kurt Russell play the chess computer. Yeah, in a nod, Kurt Russell. I'll allow it. Nod. I'll allow it. Because he's not seen. Right. So it. So then technically it's all, the cast is all Adrian Barbo. Yeah. 
But I imagine her with that, with uh, McCready's big cowboy hat, flying a helicopter. <laughs> oh, and a big sexy beard on her. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't put the beards on her too? No, I don't think so. Can one of... I mean, Stacey, there's like 12 Adrian Barbeau's in this movie. Can one of them have the beard? <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> I just want one bearded Adrian Barbo in this film. We're gonna have to tell them apart somehow. That's true, I suppose. <laughs> but I just want to see her wielding that flamethrower, you know? I just, I mean, God, that would be so good. And she could star as the thing also. She would have to also be the thing. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so good. I love that both of our minds went to the thing for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's literally the only thing I wrote down because yeah. it's just the most obvious answer. Yeah. Well, I also wrote down uh, aliens. <laughs> oh, but Adrian Barbeau is Vasquez. Yeah. And Ripley. And, like, imagine. And it, the alien queen. And the alien queen and Newt. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, her her line. They mostly come at night. Mostly, mostly. <laughs> it'd be so good. Yeah, but I mean, imagine Adrian. Like, I just want to see if you've seen the Convent or oh, Escape from, or Escape from New York, um, or so many other things. But you know, Adrian Barbeau can play a tough, you know, gun wielding lady. She's a badass. She's a badass. And I would just love to see her do more. Like, I want to see her as Sarah Connor, you know? Yes. Like, no, no fault I... with Linda Hamilton or Lena Headey or any of the other 30 people who have played Sarah Connor. But, like, you know, I just want to see Adrian Barbeau kicking ass, basically. Yes. Yes. Please. Oh, it'd be so good. Adrian Bar like with a her her hair up in a bandana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could watch her tie bandanas around her head for like hours. Yeah. And right? still find things to bandana about. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Especially if it was like circa eighty one Adrian Barbeau where it's just there's, oh. a, there's a lot of hair. It would take her a while to wrangle it underneath those oh, bandanas. Multiple bandanas. Oh, multiple bandanas so strung together like a uh, Rapunzel's hair or whatever. Oh, what are you doing to me? <laughs> like a like a, like a bedsheet jailbreak. <laughs> My fanny pack overfloweth. <laughs> it really do. It wow. really do. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these questions make me sad because it's like the world will never get to experience, you know? Yeah, I'm never going to see Stab with Tori Spelling. I'm never going to see Adrian Barbeau fucking like tying bandanas around her head at this point. She's, yeah. I mean, I would love it. She still can. Right. I'm. It's just like, but she, you know, she's, she's busy. She's a mom. She's writing those vampire novels. Mm-hmm. I mean, our only options here are to become like billionaires so we can, but then it gets a little too like two girls, one cup where it's like, Hey, Adrian Barbeau, <laughs> if I give you a hundred thousand dollars, can I film you tying bandanas around your head? <laughs> see anything weird about that request yeah. <laughs> yeah and she's like that's all you want me to do yeah yeah that's all i want you to do <laughs> yeah good oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now, now talk put, like the now, computer yeah, now put on this fake beard 
Yeah. <laughs> Step into this lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's not an option. The other option is to become really good at computers. And uh, we can make some deep fakes, maybe. Oh, yeah. We could velvet planner our way through it. <laughs> exactly. With yeah. our comprehensive knowledge of CGI. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it would take a while to learn, but, you know, yeah, surely there's a DeVry class for that. Yeah. I like how other people decide to use their, to amass wealth and use it to, you know, take trips to Mars, <laughs> colonize space. And we're like, how do we design the ultimate Adrian Barbeau film? <laughs> Imagine what Jeff Bezos could do. Yeah, if he really tried. If he really tried, we could get our The Thing starring Adrian Barbeau and only Adrian Barbeau. Oh my god, it'd be so good. It'd be so good. But, but honestly, even if it was just like, could you imagine if it was like The Thing, but just one person at that outpost and it was Adrian Barbeau and it was like totally serious? <sighs> like that would be a survival epic. Yeah, I would watch Adrian Barbeau as the one person in anything, like a zombie siege or yeah. aliens or like, a, give me alien isolation. Oh, no. Oh, no. I would not. I can't wish that on my bar, my, my precious baby Barbeau. <laughs> Just I want Adrian Barbeau surviving and fighting. Yes. And a being knife in her teeth snarky. and a bandana in her hair. Oh, like, oh, God, oh. I love her. I love her so much. She could say little one-liners before she shoots the grenade out of the giant grenade launcher. She is such a treasure. Like we, I, We've talked about a lot of treasures already on this episode, but Adrian Barbeau, man, right? I mean, I was going to say unsung, but I feel like she's, she's very sung amongst the right people, you know? Yeah, she's, I think she's sung amongst genre fans. But the culture at large, I don't know. <gasps> Stacy, I have a traumatic triggering story. Uh oh. Are you ready to be triggered? You're gonna uh, be triggered. Am I'm I gonna triggered faint? already. Okay. You're gonna faint. Um, we were at a screening of Creep Show on 35 millimeter at, at the theater, like we do. And Billy, perfect angel, goddess, queen, Billy. She gets eaten by the monster, right? Yeah. All the dudes in the audience cheer. <sighs> Luckily, two homosexuals and their lady friend <laughs> were completely drunk, having the time of their life with Billy, their queen, in front of them. So the homosexuals, Jason and I, start booing vigorously. And then our friend Katie just screams, You sons of bitches, she's a perfect fucking queen! <laughs> <laughs> you should be so lucky! <laughs> the audience, the entire theater goes silent. <laughs> and then, like, the, the row of women sitting behind us all laugh in, in appreciation. It was... <laughs> That's awesome. Marvelous. <laughs> what a hero. It was marvelous. So yeah, some people, I don't think, I don't think everyone respects the Barbeau like they should. No. Billy deserves all the, re I, that is like one of my favorite characters in all of fiction, film, everything. I fucking love Wilma. I think she's hilarious. She's everything. She is she's life everything. goals. Yeah, and Adrian Barbeau is so fucking perfect in that role. 
Like, she's I think the true star of it. She's the true star of that entire fucking film. But I yes. just I think about the scene where she's driving to the university and she's like laughing to herself because of this story. <laughs> and then somebody honks at her and her face. She goes from laughing to sneering in this beautiful moment. Like, I just I love Wilma so much. 100 percent same. She knows all the best stores. She does. <laughs> greatest character, just the greatest character. Greatest character, and that's what that's what we're up against in this. There's this divide in horror. There's the dudes that just love seeing Wilma die, and then there's the queens that truly recognize the real reason for the season. Is yeah. this <laughs> this homegirl that just wants to shop and laugh and drink, and she has to put up with this useless dude in her life? Yeah. She's a, she is, she is all of us. Yeah. <laughs> She's an American icon. She's fucking everything. I love Billy. Oh, God. Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau. Oh, what an angel. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, Brittany asks us, what's a movie you wish you could erase your memory of having seen so you could go back and watch it again for the first time? Well, I think everybody knows what we're probably both going to say. <laughs> right it's amazing that we've gone 50 minutes without speaking the name of our lord and savior i murders i (laughs) (laughs) the one true god i love i murders (laughs) i love i murders so much I can't believe I protested her for as long as I did. I know, I know. Well. Lo, I saw her and I saw the light. Uh, so, erasing my, oh, well, obviously, doi. I think the real answer we can all settle on. Besides yeah. the obvious answer of eye murders. Yeah, I mean, Suspiria. Suspiria, baby. There's nothing else. Yeah. Like, I thought about it and I was like, gosh, you know, it'd be really interesting to like, like, what about Halloween or all these movies that I used to really love? And I still love Halloween, but it doesn't have any impact anymore. So would that be an answer? But I don't even know if you could do something older like that because I've seen so many movies in the interim that I wonder what kind of impact Halloween would even really have beyond like, Mm. wow, this is a really good movie. But I don't think even if I could see it again for the first time now. I don't think it would impact me the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The only other one that I put down is like, just because I'm, it was so impactful in my life was Bride of Chucky. Mm. Um, But then I didn't take into account like, oh, well, I have seen Seed of Chucky and Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. So with that, do we follow thematically that then I wouldn't have seen those? But I mean, that movie just blew my mind the first time I saw it because I was so blown away by the queerness and the the women centricness of this thing that I was seeing in a genre that otherwise I'd never seen that in. Right. At yeah. that point in my life. Um, but Suspiria, man, like, yeah, that I was I was just aghast in the movie theater and the walking out Heather and Jason and I were just silent, just glowing. Yeah. I mean, obviously still like it's it's I don't know. I love Suspiria. (laughs) I love it so much. It's weird because I I just feel like my movie watching or something has been like before Suspiria and after Suspiria. But I could if you were like, well, what's a concrete way that it's sort of 
changed you or something. I don't know if I could actually name it, but it just really affected me and I really fell in love. And yeah, same. So there you go. So if I could experience that again, absolutely. I think the thing with it is, is it's like, it's every time I go to a movie, there's what I want to have happen and what I want to see. And then there's, and then that never happens. Suspiria was like, Luca and these women took all my fantasies (laughs) and just made it happen regardless of what an audience would feel about it. Right. Yeah. Like everything that I feel like I can't get to, I won't get to see in a movie, like my dream Adrian Barbeau film or Stab with Tori Spelling. (laughs) like, Like they did with Suspiria. Like I couldn't believe I was watching what I was watching. It's like it met expectations I didn't even know I had. You know, like I just went into it thinking, I bet I'm going to like this because obviously Dakota Johnson, obviously like a lot of things about it, but I just had no idea it would be what it was. And I didn't really know a movie could be that and end up meaning that much to me, I guess. I didn't know it would be all about art and fascism. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know it would give voice, you know, in a way that I don't think I've seen a movie really echo my politics in such a poetic way mm-hmm. right. and it's like this because i look at it as a it's an art piece and a political manifesto oh sure yeah i was just expecting like a really great horror film you yeah know, with actresses that i really love yeah so. i was thinking well maybe there will be some more dance based on this trailer i've seen right yeah, so I just wasn't expecting it at all, and it just kind of, like, changed my worldview somehow. I don't know. B- by conforming to my worldview, which is weird, but... Yeah, I was watching Olga just get ripped apart in that little mirrored room, and I was I was contorting and peeing myself, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's number one, baby. That, yeah, that was, that, oh, God. <laughs> And just, I mean, just this, it it was like the satisfaction I felt at the end of The Witch, but it was, it was like that the entire movie. I was just, I just could not believe what I was watching and that, that someone saw me (laughs) and my obsessions and my interests and my politics and my outlook on art and women and that they, they put it all on film right there and made it as long as they wanted and they didn't fucking care what an audience had to feel like had to say about it yeah i love it oh so good i love it that's why i just i don't know i mean whatever people like different things but when people just completely dismiss it i find that hard to swallow i guess yeah because it it literally like that's what makes me write off someone (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah because i see so much of myself in it right yeah it feels more personal than just like oh you don't like halloween four what mama mia (laughs) two yeah 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 i've never really felt such a personal connection with a film before so and it was wholly unexpected and so i yeah to have that again for the first time would be great so. It'd be wonderful. So now now you know our thoughts on Suspiria, listeners. Yeah, finally, we voiced some thoughts on Suspiria. Finally, after so long of teasing, yeah. we let you know how we really feel. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move right along, I suppose, because otherwise I'll get trapped in Suspiria land. <laughs> and we all want that, actually. Yeah. But... I know, I know. 
let's keep on trekking because lo it's pride month and that means we can only feel pain yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right this next question is from e gaylord which is oh. in, which they said yes that is my real name Oh, wow. This is like a cousin of ours, maybe? Yeah, it's our cousin. Okay. Our cousin E. Uh, they said, a, a few weeks ago, you mentioned a Mama Nell mashup, which I'm like, we did? I don't know. I told you. Fugue State. I don't know what we talk about. <laughs> I don't remember that either, but that's funny. I don't re- <laughs> It makes sense, right? Mama Nell. <laughs> I see where it makes sense, but I don't remember doing it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what other horror slash not horror film mashups do you wish you could see? <laughs> and this one was tough, but I finally got an answer. It took me, it took me a while. What's yours? Mine is <laughs> Showgirls and Suspiria. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> possibilities yeah i mean it could be a sequel to showgirls nomi leaves las vegas she's and then somehow uh, (laughs) ends up in berlin at the tons academy oh my god wait so is um is uh corky oh my god i forgot her name crystal connors crystal connors is she like the mother of tears in this or like oh yeah she could be the mother of tears oh my god and she was trying yeah and she was she was like at the uh american offshoot she was like the american scout for the tons academy yes (laughs) so nomi ends up at the tons academy and uh i don't know where it's gonna go from there but i feel like it's gonna end with some kind of a battle and i'm into it so it sounds like gold, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the ultimate film. I, uh, we should only and could only be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> showgirl, shut the fuck up. Oh, be so good. Just, just like Nomi walking into the, like, just charging into yeah. the Tom's Academy. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> poor like <laughs> pushing Susie down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Susie, because <laughs> Susie's in all those long garments, so she's very right. She's very, uh, she's very vulnerable. Tripped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miss Tanner is just like <laughs> so confused. <laughs> oh, but oh my God, Miss Vandegas, Miss Vandegas would get so into like choreographing the routines and stuff. Oh my God, because she could bring her cabaret expertise, and then they could. <laughs> They could finally do the, the the big hand move where the hands go back and forth in front of their faces. Uh, I'm telling you, blockbuster. Oh my god! Yeah. I just want to see Helena Marcos and Kyle McLaughlin in a pool now. <laughs> <laughs> and her baby arm is whipping back and forth. That's my one and only answer and it took me a while but then i spotted both movies on my shelf and i thought that's two great tastes right there i'd, <laughs> tell like, me to, it was I'd just... like to taste them together tell me it was just because they're alphabetically next to each other 
<laughs> no, my movies are not alphabetized. Oh, good. Thank you. Only yeah. uh, none of my horror movies are. My normal movies are, but my horror ones are are by genre and year. Oh, I don't have any. Well, I have like a shelf of my favorites, and then everything else. Everyone I like to I like to house. make it an adventure when I want to find yeah! something. Yeah. A choose your own where's my damn movie. <laughs> yeah. Do I own this movie or not? Yeah, that's a game I like to play. <laughs> uh, well, my answer, I feel like yours is just like the end all answer that mine just feels like I mean, okay, here's the thing. I still would like to see a hereditary and Muriel's wedding mashup. Oh. Just like put the sweet, sweet tunes of ABBA in hereditary. (laughs) (laughs) Add Rachel Griffiths in a wheelchair and I would have a blast. It could be just as sad, just as bittersweet, but maybe a little bit more, uh, a little bit more peppy with those ABBA tunes. Okay. Yeah. That movie could have used some pep, right? Like that was. I mean, if that's what the critics all said as they left Hereditary, they said, "Well, it was a beautiful meditation on grief and trauma, but it was lacking pep." God, I just am haunted by this image of Helena Marcos in a pool, (laughs) (laughs) doing it furiously (laughs) in ways that no human ever does it. Yes, her sunglasses fly off. How does Nomi do that? I mean, it looks so painful, right? Like, like that's something, like, she's got, I mean, that's how you know she's in her early 20s or her late teens or whatever, is because nobody, nobody can do that after, like, 28. Oh, you'd be covered in bruises. No, you, I would, like, if I even tried, I would just, I would throw my back out and be stuck in place. Kyle McLaughlin would just have to carry me to the ER. It's truly one of the most what the fuck scenes. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's, literally. It's so what, spectacular. What so spectacular. Oh my God. It's amazing. Oh, showgirls. <sighs> All right. What do we do to deserve you? Yeah. Um, okay. Is this, am I reading the next one? I I got so excited. By you are. Yeah. And her hair whip. <laughs> Um, okay, so our next question. Uh, Mike M. asks, what were your gateway horror films? Not necessarily the first one seen, but the ones that made you realize your love of the genre. And you know, I've talked about my gateway horror films in terms of just the first ones I've seen before on this, like Creature from the Black Lagoon was one of the first ones that really got me. Um, for me, the things that made me realize my love of the genre of spooky things and of the creativity that could go into it is like Beetlejuice was hugely formative for me as a kid. Mm. Um, Cause it, you know, it's got dead people. It's got glowing green fog. It's got skeletons. It's got ghosts. Uh, I, it's got Catherine O'Hara. The whole reason I became an artist was Delia Deeds. Mm. Um, I got the wrong message. but she gets her art in america cover at the end god damn it and she's respected (laughs) so like beetlejuice was a big one for me but then um halloween yeah halloween is halloween was really i mean i i put on a mask and i would walk around my house and chase my dog with a spoon (laughs) (laughs) doing the breathing yeah yeah I get Halloween's on my list too. I think about all the movies from when I was a kid, like not necessarily the first ones I ever saw, but the ones that like just 
I yeah became obsessed with like all things horror and started buying yeah. Fangoria and famous monsters and and it was mostly the slasher films. Um, yeah, Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, probably Part Two. Mm. I, I love Part One, but Part Two really was you know one of the big ones. And even some Hammer stuff because my mom was so into Hammer. Oh, as a kid, really? That's so cool. So yeah, so like I mean you know it was like creature double feature was on saturdays and it was always like a hammer movie and then usually like a godzilla movie or something and so you know i would watch like you know dracula has risen from the grave and all this other stuff so it's just horrors just been in my life since for as long as i can remember so but slasher movies were so big and they're so they tend to be big with like the younger crowd and i wonder why maybe because they're so simple they're scary yeah, they're, they're scary they're some, and there's they're morality tales yeah. um which in many ways you know it's a fairy tale uh it's it's kind of a natural i always thought horror was a natural progression from liking fairy tales uh yeah because there's good and evil and there's there's a moral moral um kids being punished yeah uh scream you know scream like when as i was as i was you know a, a young teenager like that was the early 90s horror or the late 90s horror craze was happening so scream and halloween i mean halloween i i fell into thanks to tv and then i got into scream and that was a huge one for me um yeah slashers and zombie movies too like i will never forget the first time i saw dawn of the dead on tv and i was like there are blue zombies in this i'm in love yeah. <laughs> fucking dawn of the dead did it to me dawn of the dead and um actually watching it's not popular with fans but i love it but watching return of the living dead part two on joe bob briggs's show as a kid mm. like those the it was the zombie movies and the slasher movies were really what what got me into it yeah i wasn't allowed to watch zombie movies really but that you was could watch that slashers? was yeah that was like where my parents drew the line they thought they were too gross uh, well, they are pretty. I mean, you get the like if you you get around to the zombie organ eating scene. Yeah, it's in yeah, all of them. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. So yeah. I mean, like slashers, I guess were fine, but zombie movies were off limits. So they just became these like, you know. But then Fangoria would do would have like zomb like Fulci's zombie on the cover and stuff. So I still saw pictures and everything. But, yeah. So they just became like, ooh, I can't wait until I'm old enough to watch zombie movies. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. Our next question comes from oh, I'm so ready. Restless37, who asks, can we expect an in-depth analysis of the Amityville franchise? And I say it would only be my life's work. I love the Amityville franchise. I love it. The life's work of Stacy Ponder <laughs> is the in-depth analysis. Of the... I'm still waiting for you to talk about martyrs, but I will settle for Annie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just a big hefty bag full of baby arms and failures. <laughs> well, hey, you got an identity. That's what matters. <laughs> and I rep- I'm shocked. I represent myself. <laughs> I'm shocked we haven't even touched on a amityville yet i know i know i love amityville well our pal joe over at horror queers uh nudged me online the other day and said hey stacy they're doing another prequel to the sequel and i said oh no i thought it was really kind of him to 
check in and make sure that you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, but here's the thing. These new Amityvilles, I say no thank you. Because it's either like a true crime thing, right? They're like, let's look at the DeFeo murders yet again. Which is just like gross. Which is just gross. Or, you know, they just turn into a ghost movie. And they might as well just be a Conjuring Part 12 or whatever. And I'm like, bring back the crazy Amityville shit. Like you have, there are Amityville movies about a dollhouse. (laughs) It's called Amityville Dollhouse. There's a movie about, yeah, there's a movie about a clock from Amityville's (laughs) house. And that one's called, It's About Time. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. I'm not kidding. What? How did I not know this? Yeah. And then you have, of course, the only movie you ever need in your entire life. Amity. The only movie (laughs) worth ever making. Yeah. I mean, they should have stopped. Like, we shouldn't have had any new movies since. And I even say that about Suspiria. Like, because. Well, I mean, all right. Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes. Starring Jane Wyman. Yeah, that Jane Wyman. And more importantly, starring... More importantly, Patty Duke. Yeah, that Patty Duke, (laughs) motherfucker. And more importantly, starring... A possessed floor lamp. There we go. (laughs) They made a movie about a possessed floor lamp because someone, who knows who... Had a yard sale with all the Amityville shit, and somebody bought a lamp from the Amityville yard sale. Tori Spelling, what hell have you reaped? <laughs> and the floor lamp was possessed. And I just say to myself, let's bring back that shit. I want to see another Amityville yard sale. <laughs> I want to see Amityville wig. <laughs> I want to see Amityville, it's about the dog. There are so many possibilities that we don't need true crime and boring computer ghosts. No, and you know, oh my god, this like it's just like how everyone fixer upper culture. Everybody loves going and taking reclaimed wood or like taking this old banister or taking people's windows and hanging them up on their walls. Mm-hmm. What if some intrepid young hipster yuppie couple moves in not far from the house and they reclaim some wood from the house mm-hmm. and then their back a haunted backsplash comes to get them <laughs> that's what i'm saying amityville open concept <laughs> amityville loft design <laughs> amityville subway title yeah amityville i don't know door like anything <laughs> door yes that's the one there's, a, there's so many possibilities so many so many the amityville is a a literal uh toy box imagine amityville wig (laughs) imagine the possibility (laughs) i mean if they're honestly if they're doing an entire uh, what's it conjuring universe based on the things in the lorraine warren's exactly i think amityville they they need to embrace their bizarre bullshit side yeah but here's the thing, there's what, there because there's, there's the canon Amityville films, and then there's, like, Amityville is now, like, f- like fair use or whatever. Mm, yeah. So there's, like, a million Amityville movies at this point. Like, the Amityville murders, where it's, like, found footage about the DeFeos, or, like, 
There's so many. Yeah. So many. I, you know, somebody on my, it came down my Facebook feed that somebody had just read, I think they had just reread the Amityville book, the Jay Anson book, the original one. And they were like, this is yeah. so bad. And I, it's terrible. And, and I was, I was like, I agreed, but also I was so insulted because. As <laughs> so I'm like, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it is terrible. And I know that, but I also like, I don't know. Like it, I read that book so many times when I was a kid. Yeah. Because it was so scary, like, and the first, no, and, and the first movie was scary. Like, I mean, watching it now, you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" But it's, it was so scary when I was a kid. I loved Amityville so much. It's over the top scary. Like, it's it's terrifying when you're a teenager, and then you get older and you look back at it and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." But that's the thing is, like, and I have this with Amityville. Like, um, I have like a weird ethical thing with Amityville where there's. There is, I mean, one, I'm having seen the my Amityville horror about the youngest Lutz kid. Mm, yeah. And basically his whole, like, the whole movie is him talking about how the house really was haunted and, like, kind of pr- trying to prove it. Um, but what comes across is, like, oh, my God, this guy has so many problems from his family basically yeah. gaslighting him. And... And he definitely comes across as like someone that's is really working through a lot of different things. Um, and so it's like, on the one hand, I'm like, well, George Lutz is a piece of shit. Yeah. And I mean, he's no babe, like Mr. Barbara Streisand. Yeah, exactly. And nobody, <laughs> Kathy will never be Margot Kidder. Oh, but um, at the height of but her that's powers. The, thing, like, <laughs> the Lutzes are shit. What they did to their family and their kids is shit. Uh, the, the, um, cashing in and, the, and exploiting the DeFeo family murders is so so fucking gross yeah but but at the same time there is something so nostalgic and charming and like quintessentially spooky scary good times about the Amityville mythos that developed out of that shit yes <laughs> like it's the it's the problematic fertilizer that led to this beautiful horror thing yeah that is you know that is so true i mean i definitely obviously embrace the bonkers sequels but my love of the original is pure nostalgia and watching it now it's like i can there's some stuff i can see in it that's still pretty good mostly margot kidder and james brolin because i could just look at them all day (laughs) that's gorgeous because they're like how do you exist and you should have gorgeous people yeah you should have gotten married because you belong together you're so pretty (laughs) both of you um but it's just you know amityville is big nostalgia trap because yeah it was like the scariest fucking thing when i was a kid so oh my god fuck it when jody's eyes i mean he sees jody in that wind oh yeah and now there's there's so much humor in it like the puking nun and the (laughs) it was just like blind mind-blowing when i was a youth and so I have a lot of love for it. Whether it deserves it yeah. or not, I have a lot of love for it. And I totally adore the Bonkers sequels. And it is, I mean, pretty formative in terms of the quintessential family moves into a house. It's haunted family flees haunted house. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's That story has been mirrored in every single um dramatization of a ghost story that I've watched in every episode of Unsolved Mysteries or... Uh, yeah. Any of those shows. Pol- you know, Poltergeist. 
Poltergeist. Yeah, it's it's the Amityville was kind of it was a big it was it. Yeah, and it took. I mean, and culturally, the phenomenon, regardless of how shitty it was on the part of the of the Lutzes, like culturally, the myth is, um, it was it was an absolute cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up having a uh, possessed floor lamp. Yeah, it's so <laughs> with it, Patty fucking Duke. With Patty fucking Duke battling a possessed floor lamp, like. Which I think, honestly, we have to, we cannot go without paying homage to um, the plush. Oh my God. Mikey at Butter Cruds. Butter Cruds. That's butter. Yum, yum. Cruds. (laughs) Not yum. Right? Our first and last sponsored ad. Yeah. (laughs) Butter Cruds on Etsy. He does amazing plush work and he, uh, amongst other incredible creations, he made the possessed floor lamp from Amityville 4. It's like his newest creation. It is so fucking funny and beautiful and perfect. Yeah. So please go look at his work. It's amazing. Also did a super killer Susie Banyan with the red string yeah. uh, get up. <laughs> also Angela at the end of Sleepaway Camp. Like oh. it's, there are some truly masterful plushes they that really I are. want, I want to buy all of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I love Amityville and I just don't think that it doesn't need to be boring. You know? No, no, have just go fucking bonkers with it. Have a bonkers fun time. Like that would be a great 3D horror movie is like a new Amityville in 3D with, I don't know. Right. Floor lamp, backsplashes. Amity, Amityville. 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 <laughs> That's right. Amityville. <laughs> uh, Amityville 3 was in 3D and it also starred Meg Ryan. So, yeah. You know. I think they should go back to it. And, you know, bring Meg Ryan back. I don't care. Yeah, what else is she doing? What else is she doing? So, Amityville wig, I'm telling you. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't. Let's write it. (laughs) Starring Grammy. (laughs) Amityville Grammy. Oh, my God. Grammityville. We found this haunted Bluetooth animatronic grandmother in this house where the family was murdered. Maybe it's maybe the Amityville house gets torn down and they build a nursing home. <gasps> oh, Stacy. <laughs> and then the clocks and the lamps possess the old people. Yeah, man. And the oh. wigs. And their eyes glow and they tell time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they you. illuminate surfaces at night. I'm telling you. It would be so good. <laughs> Amityville can be so much more than it is. So The evil escapes through a buffet. <laughs> it always does. It always does. Every buffet I've been to, <laughs> the evil escapes about 2.5 hours later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's funny. That's a, a duty joke. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Rumor Magazine, everyone. Yeah, Rumor. thanks, Rumor. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> it's our last episode. Uh, Who cares? This is our last episode. We're fine. We've been canceled. <laughs> uh, keeping this train going to Trigger Town, Michael asks us Is Basket Case on your list of films to discuss? No. No. <laughs> 
sorry, Michael. I'm sorry, Michael. That's a fine question. I honestly don't really have any basket case feelings, like at all. I've seen it once. I saw it a long time ago. I can't remember much about it except that, you know, he's a basket case. Meaning he's a little thing that lives in the basket. Uh, His name is Belial, Belial. and visibility matters, Stacey. Belial of visibility matters. That's what the B (laughs) stands for in LGBT. It does. Lesbian, gay, Belial, trans. (laughs) Plus. Plus. (laughs) Everybody else. Everybody else who's who's not a basket demon. Yeah. Yeah. So I really have no basket case feelings. I would be willing to watch it again. But as of right now, I couldn't even be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Like, it's just I'm a blank slate. So you'd think that I wouldn't be talking so much right now. But. Yeah, you got a lot to say about basketball. <laughs> the... So I'm going to shut up. The hefty bag doth protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> I like Basket Case. I love the first one. It's ridiculous. I haven't seen it in years, uh, but I laughed really hard every time he flew out of that basket screaming and eating somebody. Um, the sequels, I saw the sequels. Uh, I remember falling asleep. Um, but I do love, I do love a sequel where, you know, in the eighties where a little goblin monster has a bunch of kids. Um, so I feel like I would give it another go, but, uh, is that, is that right for the show? Who knows? Maybe, maybe in a next week when we run out of movies to talk about meals, <laughs> we will inevitably resort to basket case one day. Well, you know? it's too bad that this is our last episode because now we don't have time. We don't have it next week, so goodbye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so there you go. All right. Jess asks, what are the plot holes that keep you up at night? And I would like to qualify this by saying none. Yeah, like, is, like it's, I have it's the a, actual answer. It's the actual answer. But then I do have a huge list of things that once I started thinking about it, but none of them keep me up at night. I am not the person who's like, did they make all those jumpsuits in us? Like sometimes I'll have a little question about things, but overall <laughs> I try not to care. That was going to be mine is <laughs> who was feeding the goddamn rabbits and why did that ruin my enjoyment of us? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if one more person asks me, these, these are questions. And I guess all of mine would fall under that category of just like the same kind of thing. But it doesn't prevent me from enjoying a film. You know, yeah. I guess that's the difference. Maybe. Some people, like, that was a kind of a deal breaker with us, was it does have a lot of gaps in logic if you view it as just an entirely. The thing is, the first half of the film or whatever is just you know a horror film and then it kind of moves seems to move into magical realism with the explanations and so i think it's a bit of a gear shift so yeah it's a by the end of it when she's having that monologue and doing her ballet it's a religious moment it's uh it's absolutely magical that's how i look at i look at the film as just a metaphor and not a, a literal story right but if you're logic. looking at it as a literal story, then yeah, these things are going to stand out. Yeah, then absolutely. You'd be like, well, how did they get a bunch of red jumpsuits and who's feeding the rabbits? But that stuff is all tertiary to what the story is actually saying. Right. So. I mean, it's like saying, how is a vampire? Period. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah, do you exactly. know what I mean? Like, how far are you going to go with this kind of logic thing? So, no, and that's what's funny to me with the logic hounds. It's like you're willing to settle for, yeah, vampires and zombies and ghosts. 
Right. But ju- jumpsuits right. are what <laughs> clone. The idea of people being cloned is what sets you off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So mine are just more points of like a, huh. Huh. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me with some. Well, for example, uh, why does Mrs. Voorhees have a tombstone? <laughs> and why is it just on the side of the road? <laughs> Instead <laughs> of in a graveyard. <laughs> and who bought it? Who buried her? Who buried her and paid for a tombstone? Who paid I mean, for I... Jason Voorhees' tombstone? Yeah, I always wondered that with Jason buried like a foot below the ground. Like, who the fuck would bury him, let alone make a tombstone? Right, yeah. So that's a thing where I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right, that's fine. Uh, Michael Byers driving that big old station wagon in Halloween. Where'd he learn to drive? Where did he learn to drive? I guess you could maybe pick it up pretty quickly, but he is a pretty good driver. So, from the get-go. Yeah. He drives all over. T- he doesn't get pulled over once. Maybe that's because he's what? White. <laughs> that's right. Wearing that big old white mask. <laughs> that's right. The cops are saying, oh, I'm not going to pull him over. That's William Shatner. Yeah. He looks a little anemic. <laughs> Why uh, in Hellraiser? Why are these puzzle boxes, these most infernal contraptions ever devised by anyone in this realm or another, these horrible gateways to another reality, and all you have to do to solve it is touch it? (laughs) That's not a puzzle! (laughs) That's not a puzzle. First, you buy it from the swap meet, and then you touch it. (laughs) I mean, I guess that, like, maybe that's the thing, is they just make it so easy for everybody, but they present it as this amazing, like, oh, gosh, oh, you better be careful. It's not like you have to go through it. You fucking touch it, and then it solves itself. Which doesn't make, because Frank has a whole fucking ritual with candles and his hairy chest and all that to open it, and then it's this whole hullabaloo, and then meanwhile, what? Susie mute just touches it yeah. <laughs> like yeah so i say not a puzzle not a yeah puzzle. i agree yeah uh, so nothing that even needs to be solved you just have to pick it up yeah thanks for thanks for looking out for the rubik's cube industrial complex okay but my big one is in fright night when what's her face amanda beers oh <laughs> this is great when she goes from regular to vampire how uh-huh. does her hair grow so much? Stacy, the science is there. Everyone knows when you are a lesbian transformed into a vampire, your hair just get you magically get those extensions. I Everyone see. knows. I see. Everyone. The weave comes with the bite. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Didn't you get the manual? Isn't that in your fanny no. pack somewhere? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I'll have to root around in it. <laughs> see what i can find yeah was that a follicle joke it was a follicle joke yeah i love a follicle well, humor uh God, yeah i mean episode. like i'm fine with the fangs i'm fine with the crazy eyes i heard that by the way um, <laughs> <laughs> but i always say as most 12 year olds do <laughs> yeah <laughs> Where did all that hair come from? (laughs) 
thank you for tying that back into uh our new our new sex education course (laughs) (laughs) that we are offering to all public schools yeah yeah centered around amanda pierce and her hair (laughs) development (laughs) well it helps learning if you entertain them i guess so it really doesn't make any sense because she has like she has like a bowl cut right (laughs) she has like really short hair short curly hair and then it changes color and length (laughs) and texture and everything else it just doesn't make any sense the whole face changing jaw expanding like i mean you're fine with evil ed turning into a wolf but uh, (laughs) her hair extending is a strange look it really is it really is but god damn it i love that movie so so much yeah it's a good one oh it's one of my very 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 favorites yeah so there you go there's my extensive list of uh that's a good list thanks Mine is dumb. I feel like mine is so useless compared to yours. To your to your legit qualms, you know, <laughs> yeah. your actual qualms and problems in this world that we need to solve. Um, mine is just how come? Okay, this is a problem with. It's not a great movie, but listen, the Stepford Wives remake, right? With Nicole Kidman. Never saw it. I oh, know. It's terrible. I know, I know what it is, but. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Um, There's like five moments that are really funny. Glenn Close obviously steals the whole thing in her three scenes. Uh, But the movie, it was victim of many reshoots because they they did the original Stepford Wives storyline, but they did it as a comedy, which the movie is a, it's not, structural patriarchy sexism isn't funny. (laughs) Right. And so they were like, this will be hilarious. It didn't test well with audiences, seeing Nicole Kidman just turned into a Stepford wife and shopping at the end. So they did all these reshoots, which suddenly the movie made no sense whatsoever because throughout the film, there's like, they play with the Stepford wives and what they're capable of. So like some of them have, like Faith Hill in a deleted scene has an extending vacuum arm. And, like, one of the Stepford Wives, you probably remember this from the trailer, is an ATM. And cash can just dispense right out of her mouth. Oh, her mouth. Yeah. Yes, Stacey. Where else would it come from? Mm-hmm. Okay, valid point. So, <laughs> there's, there's all this, like, playing around with, like, the fact that they are robots and they short circuit. And, and then when they did this reshoot, suddenly... They go back in and they say, oh, wait, no, they didn't replace them with robots. They just attached a chip to their brains (laughs) that controls them. So then they go in, they undo the chip, they short circuit the chips and all the Stepford wives at the end. And then every of the women are all back to normal. And then they take back Stepford. But I'm like, but I just saw one of them get money. She was an ATM and she just (laughs) shot money out of her mouth. How are you telling me you can't have ATM and have chips in your brain and that's it and not be replaced by a robot body? Here's my question, having not seen it. Who puts the money in? Who puts the money? Who does the big truck, the armored truck come to service the stepford wife and put money in it? And where do they put it in? Where do they put it in? Well, I think if it comes out the mouth, then you know where you put it in. That's Stacey. true. There's only one route. There's only one answer here. <laughs> one express, express highway. 
this is how ATMs work. Yeah. Everyone knows the money goes in the butt. So it's, it makes no sense. How did this happen? How did this, it's just, it's, it wasn't going to be a great movie to begin with, but it could have at least had some consistency. And all I can say is, wow, Frank Oz, you are the voice of Miss Piggy. You're the voice of Yoda. Many could say you're a cultural icon. You directed some good movies, and now you just say stupid things on the internet and make terrible films. And The Stepford Wives seems like that was what broke you. So, well done. Uh, wow. That sounds really stupid. It makes no sense, Stacey. Yeah. How are they? They have AT, They are robot bodies, but they just have chips in their head. What? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Anyway. Huh. It might make her act like an ATM, but then you'd be like, Susan, there's no money coming out. You're not actually an ATM. <laughs> like, that's what a chip winner would do. This, this is the Lifetime's mo- the Lifetime movie of Susan's problem. <laughs> the problem with Susan. She yeah. thinks she's an ATM. <laughs> Susan, you have to stop putting robbing armored cars and putting money up your butt. <laughs> You're not an ATM. Susan, we're worried about you. Yeah. So uh, let me see. Now that I've got that money firmly wrestled where it needs to be, <laughs> Eric, Eric asks us, what moment in horror has left you awestruck where you just had to pick your jaw up off the floor? Wow. Wow. Yeah. In that question, Eric cited The Void as a film that uh, left him awestruck. The end of The Void. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm just saying that was his example. You know, to each their own. Yeah, for sure. I I saw that movie and I felt nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh But, but you I like some know. of the effects. Yeah. So, uh what you got? What you got? Let me see. Okay. Obvious. I mean, obvious I mean, duh, man. duh, duh. All my answers are doy doy doy. Every answer on this list is Suspiria. But <laughs> um <laughs> Olga's destruction. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I was, I've said this before on the podcast. I was sitting there in the theater, literally with my jaw on the ground. Yeah. Like, I felt so silly because I could not close my mouth. Like, mm-hmm. it was hanging open. I have never seen anything like that in a movie. Yeah. Uh, the same thing happened with the car scene in Hereditary. That's also on my list. I, because I've talked about this many times on the show. Because the trailer made it look like it was going to be some bad seed movie, and it was a brilliant, brilliant trailer, I did not see that coming at all. And Mm -hmm. I could not believe that I just saw a child get decapitated. I didn't see it. It was all inferred brilliantly through Mm -hmm. editing and acting. Mm -hmm. And then I follow that up with Toni Collette just wailing like a banshee and keening for her dead daughter. And... I was so affected. Yeah, that I, 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 I was not still watching the movie. I was still back at the moment just before it hit me. You yes. know? Yeah, it took a while to catch up, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, those are yeah. both on my list. Yeah. Yeah, I tried thinking back to movies before that, and like, I can't really. <laughs> honestly, I can't think of it. I mean, maybe, and this maybe just that's how my my goldfish brain works. And maybe I just remember the more recent stuff, but um, I can't think of, and, and, you know, a lot of these other movies that I experienced for the first time that were really formative in my life, I experienced decades ago. Right. Um, 
So, but in terms of just like that sense of shock and seeing something that I did not think was going to happen, that the movie did not prepare me for, that hit me out of nowhere. Yeah. With with a telephone pole against my head. Yeah. That literally yeah. like took the wind out of me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like just, and the, the only other one on my list was uh, the scene in The Witch with the Raven. Oh, yeah. I, the only, I had the, the ending, the bonfire. But that just more made me happy. Yeah. It shocked me so much that I said out loud, oh, my God. And I didn't realize it. Like. Oh, I love that. I've never, like, felt the need to vocalize like that. And it wasn't even, like, it just came out of my mouth. It was so shocking to me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, conversely, on the opposite end of awe. I mean, not of, like, dumbstruck, I guess, but, like, um, movies that filled me with awe, but, like, with, like, a, a terror in the same kind of way that those films, that that Olga's Destruction and, and Hereditary really kept me um, shocked and, like, uncomfortable in those sequences. Uh, two movies that did that for, I mean, The Descent, watching The Descent, the entire thing. Yeah. I, I felt like I had to leave the theater. And then the invitation also, I felt like I had to leave the theater. I just, there's those two movies were so suspenseful for me that I thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or stuff like martyrs, obviously that, you know. Oh yeah. You're just, you feel like you've been slapped, you know, or skinned or skinned or beaten or punched or fed gruel yeah, or what have oh, you. But yeah, it's my, my poor baby girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Good movies. Good movies. Good movies, man. Good movies all. I mean, none of them are Amityville 4, but not everything can be, I suppose. And we don't live in that world yet. Yeah. <laughs> in six years, when AOC can run for president, maybe we will. Maybe we will. It'll be all floor lamps all the time for the people. A floor lamp for every house. <laughs> Yep. That's my bumper sticker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there we go. All right. One final question. Wow. Yeah. This has been a listener round up. Yeah. A lot of, we've talked about some stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've uh, wiped out. Uh, I know. I feel it. I feel fatigued. Yeah. I think this episode leaves me awestruck. It does. Exhausted. Okay, so RJ from the Philippines. Oh my gosh! What the heck? So cool. That's so cool. RJ from the Philippines asks, do you think you'll ever review or discuss another horror TV series on your show? Yep. Sure. (laughs) Well, I know. Thanks for writing from the Philippines. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we have plans to do Hannibal at some point. I would love to do Hannibal. It is one of my gospels. It's so much, though. Like, a movie is just a 90 minutes, you're in, you're out. Like, the Child's Play episode broke me, kind of. Oh, well, that was seven movies. Yeah. So I don't don't really know how we would... I mean, and even Hill House was Overload. Oh, that was... Because we did, what, like, eight hours of TV plus two movies. Yeah, so I'm just not sure how we would approach something like Hannibal, which was, what, three seasons? Because I also think that, like, I mean, my issues with Hill House, I stand behind The Haunting of Hill House. However, I do think the experience was a little less than it should have been because I did have to binge 
all of them for the show. In like five days. Yeah. So I, w- I can't believe that was when we started this podcast like, and we started with like <laughs> 20 hours of binging each week. Yeah. Do you think for next now we're week like, we should watch 30 movies? Yes. Yeah. Now we're just like, do we have to do a movie this week? Yeah. <laughs> now our episodes are longer and we talk about nothing. Yeah. So <laughs> we read back questions. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about, I think this is an interesting episode. Yeah, I think so. We've covered so many different topics. We've covered so much. But something like a TV show, unless you're going to dedicate, you know, how many episodes to that TV show, I'm just not sure. Yeah, and that's like, because, you know, when we've been talking about doing like Resident Evil down the line, and I'm like, well, maybe we could split it up instead of doing them all at once like we did with Child's Play. Right. Um, And so with a TV show, it's like how to, like maybe one season of American Horror Story that would make sense to talk about. I mean, if we were to do that, that would make sense to talk about in like an episode, but like Hannibal, it's like, do we do an episode for each season? Right. Or, or later on, they kind of split the seasons and in half and half. So we do it like that or. Yeah. So if somebody out there has a big idea about how we should do it, feel free to let us know. I will say, please, please. What would you, what would you as a listener, what would you prefer? Like we do, Do we do want to know like how you guys feel about the show and like, you know, more of this, less of that, whatever, whatever. Yeah. We always say, fuck you. You're not my dad. Um, but, but you are our dad. (laughs) You're all our dads. You're all our dads. And we, we do actually want your, um, Support and collaboration. Yeah, I mean, seriously. As much as we rebel against it. We have so much uh, intro, usually. So if you're like, you know what, I wish you'd cut the intro and get to the... We might not take all of this advice. Even if it goes against our best interests, we might still just do whatever we want. But... (laughs) And probably will. Probably will. But if you were like, you know, I wish you would do a better job of, you know, doing a plot synopsis or scene by scene something, something like, you know, if there's more or less of what you would like for this show, you can let us know. And there are ways to do that on the internet. So, yes. Yeah. And we're never going to create letterboxed accounts. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have an account. I just don't use it. Damn it, Stacy. Well, I thought it might be a good idea. And then I realized what it was. And I was like, this is a bad idea. Like, I don't, I don't need another social media thing. I don't need followers on here and following people on there. And I mean, there's only so much time in a day. It's true. And if I want to know what movies I've seen, I just write it down in a notebook. Yeah. I don't, or you just I don't put them next to the couch. I don't need an app, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's some TV series I'd like to talk about. Yeah. So I, and so please give us your advice on how you think we should do that. Cause especially if you're a Hannibal fan, there are so many, you know, there are so many different uh, vibes and, and themes and storylines to that show. I will say Hannibal might be a little bit easier than some of the others. Cause there's only like 10 episodes a season. Yeah. Um, ver- like, thank God, you know, back in the day when it was like, I was a youth and I'd watch my Buffy and it's like 25 fucking episodes each season. Right. Or when, for example, when we have a Melrose Place podcast, then, yeah, you know, we can go episode by episode. So, yeah, which only makes sense. Yeah. So. But on this show, you know, our, on this our, show, our, you know but our but our Melrose Place podcast. Right. Yeah. On the Melrose Place podcast that inevitably 
I will not be able to escape. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, a media empire, empire's got to be built, baby. That's true. And sometimes that means blood, sweat, and Melrose Place. You would love Melrose Place. I'm sure I will. I mean. See, I said will. That's true. I like that. That was a very good slip up. I like it. If you if you want Melrose Place on this show, please let us know. <laughs> Otherwise, I definitely have my eye on Hannibal. Um, a lot of people are talking about Slasher. I personally, I'm not a huge fan of the series. I like the first two seasons. I did not like the newest season that everyone loves. Mm. Um, but I also didn't watch all of it. Uh, I love season two, though. I thought it was ridiculous. Um, and Killing Eve is another show I would love to talk about with with one Madam Ponder. So everyone, cyberbully Stacy into watching Killing Eve. Yeah, I've heard so much good about that one. Usually a TV show that's going to be more than one season. I just, it's such a, com- not that I'm a commitment phobe or anything, ladies. But that's just <laughs> such a big commitment for me. <laughs> Hannibal will take some work I I will give you my Hulu password for Killing Eve Um, but I will tell you also we watched season 2 and I'm going to tell you you only need to watch season 1 because they get a different writer and it it's really sad Mm. it made me sad so season 1 is brilliant season 2 is just okay yeah I mean I do I mean once I'm into a show if I like it that that's fine but it's just the starting of a show when I look and it's like oh five seasons oh god oh it's hard to get into it is and so then I just don't do it but if I'm forced to for this show or whatever that's fine but it's hard it can be hard to get into a thing especially when there's so much media to digest yeah I just get intimidated when I see big numbers yeah so there you go. So, but maybe, like, again, suggestions, yeah, see, this whole episode, like, maybe we'll do a survey or something, but like I said, we are opening ourselves up to suggestions. I mean, we've always been open, but, you know, if you got something to say about the yep. show, something you like, you don't like, whatever, let us know. Let us know. Our ATMs and our chest vaginas <laughs> are wide open. <laughs> yeah. Be sure to take a receipt. <laughs> Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.